Technology alone can't solve the challenges nonprofits face, and that's why Neon One provides software that empowers you to manage constituents, all while giving you the resources and support you need to connect to what matters most, your people and their passions. Learn more about how Neon One is helping nonprofits create stronger connections by visiting neonone.com slash weareforgood. Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast. Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world. We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world. So let's get started. Yo, Becky, what's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. We're going back to Fort Wayne, Indiana for the third time on this podcast. <laughs> oh my I think gosh, there's some so nonprofit and innovative genius in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I am so delighted to have Sam Baker on the podcast today. She is an incredible digital strategist and founder of Sam Baker Consulting, but you know I got to back it up and talk about how we met Sam. So we were introduced by our dear friend, Jeannie Barsom, who's the founder of Gifting Brands. Sam and I both sit on her advisory board, and I'm sitting in this board meeting, and I'm listening to this human talk about marketing and about A-B testing and about optimization and SEO. And I'm like, who is this human and how do we grab her and pull her into nonprofit? And Sam's historically worked for for for-profit and we're going to take those principles that have been working for little known brands that you and I all know and love like Abercrombie and Fitch, Under Armour and Intercontinental Hotel Group, because she's worked with these clients to help increase their revenue with something called conversion rate optimization. Some of you guys might might know it as CRO and A-B testing. And we need to apologize to our community that we've had 300 and something episodes. And this is the first time (laughs) we're talking about (laughs) A-B testing. I do not think this is a norm habit in nonprofit that it is something that we want to normalize because we don't know how our messages are hitting people. We don't know which one is the right one. Is this graphic? Is this message? What if we switched them up? We're going to teach you how to do that. We're going to take the fear out of A-B testing and we brought the pro. So I just want to say that Sam has been in this business for 10 years and she makes these little changes um, looking at website data that makes more money without increasing digital ad spend or building a new website. So she is truly one of those people that is an extension of the marketing team and she works with clients to help boost their profit and growth. She's an awesome human. Cannot wait for you to meet her. Sam, welcome to the We Are For Good podcast. So delighted you're here. What an intro. I love it. Um, <laughs> and I remember when Jeannie said, hey, Sam, you need to know Becky because the nonprofit world needs to know about A-B testing. And I completely agree. I think there are so many principles that we can pull in from the for-profit world and that translate very nicely to the nonprofit world. Preach it on. And and I'll (laughs) even just say for anyone who's coming in with that sort of fear in your chest of, oh my gosh, I'm not a marketer. I'm not sure if I know how to do this. This is a conversation I'd say for the every man and every woman. These are simple little pivots and shifts that we can make and they're going to make a huge difference. And we 
want you to know about this before Giving Tuesday and year-end. So before we dive into the topic, we want to dive into the human. So (laughs) we want to get to know you, Sam. Like, Tell us a little bit about growing up in Fort Wayne and talk about what led you to this career that you have right now today. Yeah, thank you. Um, As you mentioned, I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana. I actually just recently moved back. I have a nine-month-old. So, um, what's your baby's name? Eleanor. We call her Ellie. Oh, congratulations, new mom! (laughs) Thank you, thank you. We couldn't give up the support from our parents with childcare. Moved back here just within the last couple of weeks, so it's still very new. Um, I started out, started my career at Vera Bradley and, um, eventually moved into a digital analytics role, uh, something I never thought that I would be doing. Uh, math was never my thing growing up, um, but really, really got into, um, identifying patterns and data and kind of geeked out on that. Uh, eventually moved on to Abercrombie and Fitch. That's where I started doing conversion rate optimization and A/B testing. And from there, I just wanted to learn everything that I could about A/B testing. Um, and I really found myself loving the psychological and sociological part of this analytics uh, role that I had. So not only seeing, you know whether a test won or lost, but also digging into the why behind it. What are my users thinking? What are they feeling? What's driving them to make a decision on the website? Um, and so that's why I've been in this in this uh, industry for 10 years, because I just can't get enough of it. And everything changes so much. And I am continuing to just learn about website users every single day. Oh my gosh, I love this story. Well, that was a human approach. And I just <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just like, you know, we're advocating for the nonprofit here. We're always going to push the envelope a little bit to we don't want Abercrombie to be the only one doing this so they can Heck sell no. more like shirts and cologne. Lord knows they have a right. lot of cologne, right? John so hitting I'm just on Abercrombie like, is giving me life. <laughs> I love that we can take their playbook and apply it to something so like deeply meaningful. And so let's start at, at from scratch though. I mean, A-B testing. Get, talk to us like we're a kindergarten learning our ABCs. Like what does this mean in, in practical terms? Break it down for us. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Do you guys mind if I pick on your website a little bit? Oh my do gosh, it. do it. We're going to change <laughs> it before this consulting. is released. So we won't say it happens. Okay, well, so I went to your website earlier today and kind of just took a little peek. And it one, I love it. It looks great. Shout out to your developer. Way to go, John. <laughs> developer this is John. Personal Sam, so here we go. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so one thing I love and notice right away is you have this great listen to the podcast call to action right away. Um, and it's in this this different color from you know some of the other stuff on the site. It's this pinkish red color. Love it. So I'm clicking on that and I get to this other page with this beautiful image and lots of great information here as well. But on this page, my first kind of question is like, what is, what should I be doing? What's Mm. the most Mm. important thing here? And I do have to scroll a little bit. And my guess here is that episode show notes is probably where I'm going to find my place to listen to the podcast, which I assume is your, what we would call primary call to action. That's what you want us to do. But it gets a little hidden. It's not in that 
that pinkish reddish color anymore. It's kind of, it's what we call below the fold. So you have to scroll a little bit to get to it. If if the main goal on this page is to get me to uh, listen to a podcast episode, I would recommend elevating that call to action and making it that nice reddish pink, just like you did on the homepage. And the way I would test to see if that worked would be... <laughs> We're cheering. <laughs> I'm loving this. Yes. I would, I'd split your all of your website traffic in half. So the first half would get what we call the control. And that's the experience just how it is today. And then we would have our test group, which would see that elevated call to action in the new color. We would run that test for, say, two to four weeks and see if we can get more people to listen to podcast episodes when we change that. And if the answer is yes, we put that into production permanently. And we say, hey, this is our new experience. We know it works better. If the answer is no, then we try something else. I oh feel like <laughs> we just got exposed in the most amazing way <laughs> ever. Listeners, you'll see this on our website when this goes live. But I think that this is the power of what you're saying about A-B testing. I mean, this A-B testing, it's like, what action can we take for users to convince them to do something else based on that action? And I think that was just such a perfect illustration. And I, I think something that's staying with me that we discussed the first time we met is, you know, that people think to get these kind of results, you have to overhaul the entire site. Mm-hmm. And you don't. This is really about making like a couple changes that just may, may be enough, so much more affordable. Thank you for diagnosing us. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, that's something that you can do without a whole lot of, you know, resources or money. Um, I know I don't want to jump ahead too much, but there are free tools that you can use to get started with this as well. So yeah, like you said, we we kind of tend to feel like we need to do the overhaul first. And that's because we constantly see what everybody else is doing and we're constantly comparing our websites with those websites. But the reality is they're not necessarily testing. So they don't know if those things work. Those sites work better than the original. Yeah. I mean, I think what I love that you exposed us like live on air today is that <laughs> so great. I think if you sat us down in a room, even as a team, and say, "What is the goal of somebody yeah. coming to the site?" Like, I think we would all probably mm-hmm. have five different answers to that because it kind of depends on the day of the week. It's like, I want you to join the community. I want you to come to pro. I want you to listen to the podcast. And so, I gotta think the conversation could start with like, "Is this button?" Is this call to action even aligned with what our goal is for this season, for this month, whatever, today, right? Mm-hmm. And, exactly. Um, this is something yeah. that's dynamic. I mean, we can change it throughout the course of the year as it sinks to different promotions or whatever you're focused on, right? Right, exactly. I think that's a great place to start. Um, you do want to make sure that everyone in your organization is aligned on what it is you're trying to do. Is it donations? Is it engagement? Is it, you know... Um, Maybe listening to a podcast isn't isn't bringing in the community necessarily, and that that join our community button is more important. That maybe needs to be elevated ahead of the listen to the podcast button. Then, but yeah, yeah. you do have to start with that alignment. Uh, okay, so, so talk about. A-B testing. Talk about the theory and the philosophy behind it. And I don't want you to have to go too deep, but (laughs) why should nonprofits be exploring this? Why is this something they need to be diving into? Mm -hmm. It's 
It's exactly what we said about that that drive to constantly be making changes. And we are in a world where everything changes so quickly, especially when it comes to technology, especially when it comes to your website. However, um, there is kind of a magic mix of of your website that is going to work perfectly for you. And that's going to be very different from what somebody else's website is. So there's going to be the right story. There's going to be the right call to action. There's going to be the right navigation that encourages your users to do what you want them to do um, the the best. (laughs) Um, And that's going to be different for every organization. And really the only way to understand for sure what works best for you is to apply those analytical and statistical principles to to your planning to really understand um, how to move people, how to get them to do what you're wanting them to do. So just kind of going practical for a second, when you described the scenario that you're going to build out an option, how do you keep it in that production? Before it goes production, how do you have these two simultaneous pages live? Just technically speaking, how does someone Mm -hmm. actually implement that strategy? Yeah. So the first thing you need is a testing tool. And that's kind of where I think um, the Abercrombies of the world, um, (laughs) they have the budget, they have the resources to put a tool in place and really utilize it. What I think a lot of people don't realize is that there are free tools that you can use to get the same uh, results that Abercrombie is using with um, with their expensive tools. So Google Optimize is a free tool. It's within the Google stack. um, And you can implement that on any website and you can run a test just as you would with kind of a more expensive tool. So that's really the first thing you need. And then some sort of developer who can help you implement that tool. Um, And it's, it's, a pretty basic function for a developer to go in and get that that snippet of code on the site to be able to start running your tests. Mm. Awesome. I mean, I, we love free tools. We love free <laughs> access, especially for a nonprofit who might be a little hesitant to even try this out. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you're making the case really, really well because we have never seen A-B testing not translate into significant more ROI. I mean, and I say significant, that can be objective in any way you want to define it. But A-B testing is going to help you again, optimize what you're doing. And so I think one of the questions that's kind of bouncing around in my head is what opportunities are there like for nonprofits to leverage this strategy? Talk about some of the benefits and maybe even some of the common misconceptions. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about something you all talk about often on the show, and that's storytelling and how storytelling can really move your potential donors to, you know, to actually make that donation. Um, One way that I could see somebody really using A-B testing in the nonprofit world would be to have your two or three stories and begin testing them. So maybe the homepage features one story that is about somebody has who has you know really received a benefit from the the nonprofit organization and then maybe on the other hand you're trying um you're going to feature somebody who did donate and kind of their the how that um moved them and really got them involved with the organization and kind of test out those two things and see you know which one drives more donations on the site 
And then I think where this becomes really powerful then is once you have a winner that can translate outside of your website and maybe you start using that story on print marketing. Maybe you're verbally sharing that story with potential donors to get them to kind of pull the trigger and make the donation. Um, Maybe you're sharing it on paid advertising. It can really stretch far past the website once you have those learnings. Taking a quick pause from today's episode to thank our sponsor, who also happens to be one of our favorite companies, Virtuous. You know we believe everyone matters, and we've witnessed the greatest philanthropic movements happen when you both see and activate donors at every level, and Virtuous is the platform to help you do just that. It's so much more than a nonprofit CRM. Virtuous helps charities reimagine generosity through responsive fundraising, volunteer management, and online giving, and we love it because this approach builds trust and loyalty through personalized engagement. Sounds like Virtuous might be a fit for your organization. Learn more today at virtuous.org or follow the link in our show notes. Okay. I mean, as people who've been in the nonprofit space for 20 plus years here, like we do this when we're talking about a big capital campaign. Like that's what your silent phase is for. It's like you're refining your messages, figuring out the case, kind of landing on things. So I love that this is kind of giving you the script to be able to dynamically do that all the time Mm -hmm. with incoming stories and incoming campaigns and all of that. So really prioritizing this in the strategy for your digital marketing team, or if it's just you know, one of the tools that your marketing team is trying to implement, I think is smart because it seems like in the end, it's going to trickle down into all of your marketing collateral Mm -hmm. for print and everything else as well. Yeah. You basically have access to a free sample of users. If you were running a survey, Mm. you would have to pay to get people to answer questions about um, some sort of campaign that you're running. When you're A-B testing, you already have those users that you can kind of test your ideas out on. So fascinating. It is so good. And I think, you know, something you mentioned early on is that you really value and are curious about the psychology of giving. And and mm-hmm. I have to say, we are too. And it's something that we really dive into. And it's something that I don't think the sector has put enough emphasis on because the neurosciences of why someone gives or why a, um, a maybe a major gift officer has to get the courage up to go ask Mm -hmm. for a major gift. The reason that we're trying to move somebody to action, understanding that is really going to help us be more successful. So talk about that connection between the psychology of giving and A-B testing. Yeah. um, I have been thinking about this a lot lately. Um, I have another example. Think about the idea of social proof. Um, and how we can use something like social proof, which is um, showing somebody that other people are doing something good to kind of motivate them to make that same decision. Um, FOMO. Yeah. And say you have a, a donate page and you really are trying to get people to click that donate button. And instead of just saying, here, donate $25 to our campaign, maybe it's five people in your city have donated in the past week to let them know this is one legit people are doing this people believe in this and you should too and i think fomo can be used for good especially when you're doing something um convincing somebody to donate to a good cause or 
or even um, if we're looking at like volunteering and maybe it's not even like revenue driven at that point and you're really trying to get somebody to sign up to to donate their own time like telling them how many people in their area are also doing that letting them know they're not going to be the only one showing up for that event can really be a powerful way to use this strategy yeah i feel like it's kind of like it's embracing one of the tools of understanding we're now digitally building community and we're building these movements that it's just like the subtle thing i mean you've all we've all been on sites where it like pops up that so and so just purchased this or so and so just mm-hmm. added this to cart and you're like I feel like I'm part of this, you know, in some small way. <laughs> and I don't think it's necessarily just peer pressure. It's just like you, everybody wants to be part of success and what's happening, mm-hmm. you know? And so I can see that that could really play into it. Right. And I feel like I need to define FOMO because I am somebody who was like 38 years old before I ever heard that phrase. And it's the fear of missing out. So for mm-hmm. all you Gen Xers and boomers <laughs> out there, that was a definition for you, from me to you, because I didn't know at one point. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe walk us through some examples because I think, you know, seeing is believing sometimes. Like, what does it tangibly look like? What is one of your favorite examples of when you switch something and something really magical happened or you learned something from that? Yeah, I think one of my favorite one of my favorite examples is kind of when you think something is going to turn go one way and it doesn't. So it's almost like the losing test that really <laughs> really get me excited sometimes. Yeah. Um and and I've run a couple tests recently where we try to give the user too much information up front. So they basically have everything they need on the homepage. You give them every piece of information, but then they're not, they feel like they know everything and they don't feel like they have to keep moving. So say, instead of giving them your entire story on the homepage, you make them go to page number two where there's a donate button. So you're getting them, you're kind of inching them down the funnel. Um, recently, I've run a couple tests where we did try to give them you know, information up front it didn't work and we're seeing we're talking like tens of thousands of dollars lost on something that seems so intuitive it sometimes mm. seems so intuitive just to just give everything right away um, but if you do that sometimes you're missing out on giving the user the chance to take that next action and like i said those are my favorites because you know you think you you think it's going to go one way Maybe it doesn't. So the test itself was um, we assumed that if we rolled over an image on um, on what's called the category page in e-commerce and give them an alternate image. So you've seen it on websites where you roll over an image and you can kind of see like the back of of the shirt when you do mm-hmm. that rollover. Yeah. Um, what we found was that instead of people then going to the product detail page where there's all that additional information that's great and helps you decide whether or not you want to make a purchase, um, they weren't doing that anymore because they saw the front of the shirt, they saw the back of the shirt, that's all they felt like they needed. And so ultimately, they didn't go the far, they didn't go all the way down the funnel to make the final purchase. I love that example. And I will just say, you know, in my public relations days, like a hundred years ago, every single time I would survey 
or do a focus group. And I thought I knew my audience. I thought I knew their habits, their behaviors, their insights. It would always humble me. And so if you're somebody that ever is going to pour into data, which I hope every single one of us are, this is a tool that we need in our toolbox. And I know that we, I mentioned this kind of at the beginning, but we're about to get into the most frenetic, chaotic season of giving for nonprofits, which Mm -hmm. is year end. And it really kicks off with a lot of organizations on Giving Tuesday. And we're so excited because we're starting to see people in our community who have never embraced digital marketing marketing before try some stuff, whether that's ads, whether that could be A-B testing. And so I think it would be really helpful, you know, for those that are jiving with this conversation and want to get activated, walk us through some of the tools and resources we need to jumpstart mm-hmm. one of those impactful A-B testing programs that might be able to link to one of these campaigns at your end. Right. And I do want to say it's not too late to impact Giving Tuesday either. Like you can run some tests now that'll get your your site, make your site basically a donation machine. <laughs> and that can be done in a couple, a couple tests even. And really what you need is, like I said, that testing tool. There are free tools. Sign up for one of those. You need a, you'll likely need a designer. Um, and that can potentially just be one to two hours of work from a designer to make sure that whatever optimization you want to launch really looks like it fits with your site. The third thing is a developer who um, either has done something like this before or is kind of one of those savvy developers who can who like has that drive to learn something new all the time. Um, it's really not a tough thing for developers to learn, but it is sometimes new. So you want to make sure that they're willing and excited to learn about A-B testing. I mean, so give us like even the next step, like how do you activate the developer? Because I know there's probably people listening and like, <laughs> oh my gosh, where do, do I, I even find tell a them? developer? Where do I, yeah. them? Yes. I, where do I go? And P.S. There's a ton of designers, nonprofit designers in the We Are For Good community and so all over the place. So if you need somebody, there's already people here come into our community, weareforgoodcommunity.com. Throw that question out. We'll tag a couple of people. Mm -hmm. But yeah, talk to us about the developer because I don't know if somebody needs to go to Upworks for something like that or where would you find somebody? Yeah, I think if you're you're going straight to Upwork, I think that's a great place to start just making sure that you are talking about needing someone with experience with Google Optimize specifically. And so let's say, and depending on what your website platform is, that's another thing they'll want to know. So Google Optimize... Um, but experience with Shopify or experience with WordPress, whatever your site is sitting on, it's going to be really important that they, one, know, have um, put the Google Optimize code on a site before, and they have some basic experience launching A-B tests. And I think if you're starting quickly with a developer that you've found on Upwork, the key is to be as strategic as possible. Make sure they really understand not just what you want that test to look like, but what your goal is at the end. Like we want more people to click this donate button at the end of this test. We're splitting 50-50 so that we can understand how we're impacting that specific action. That makes so much sense. And I, and I, and I got to get like specifically tactical here and I'd love to get your counsel. I mean, when you think about a nonprofit budget, 
for something like this? Mm -hmm. Like where, how could somebody budget for this? What would be a good range for your designer and your developer to even just start a test of something like this? Yeah, I think that when I'm looking at designers and developers, the question I'm asking is how much do I want a developer to be running this project on their own versus me giving them very specific detailed information. If you want somebody who is going to run the project on their own, you're probably going to be looking at $25, $30, $40 an hour at least at a minimum. Um, there are definitely places on Upwork where you can have somebody who's just executing. And if you give them very specific information, you can find them for between $10 and $20 an hour. It really just depends kind of on what you're looking for. Um, I highly recommend doing some interviews before you pick somebody. Like ask them questions like, when was the last time you helped somebody run an A-B test, an A-B test in the past? How did it go? How, what, how involved were you? What parts of it were you managing? And don't feel like you have to go with the first person who reaches out to you because um, there's just so much talent out there that I, I believe that everyone can find the right person they need. It just might take a few interviews. Okay, that's super helpful. And I think I see a through line of this conversation because I'm going back to that red button on our site that needs to be analyzed is like, what's the goal? <laughs> You know, like as you engage somebody, you, it's really important that you're clearly aligned on that because, you know, we ha- we champion the growth mindset around here, which means anything is possible. Like if we put that target up there, if we have the goal that's really clear, like we can get to that. We can surround ourselves with people. Obviously, in some cases, it could be really affordable potentially even to implement some of these things. But you got to surround yourself with those type of people in the mindset that this can get better. Like my web Mm -hmm. conversion rate can get better, which I think is really encouraging. So this has been so helpful. Good. I think, you know, something that you lifted at the very beginning was just how much you value and appreciate storytelling through this process. And we love to ask all of our guests about a moment of philanthropy that has really stuck and stayed with them in their lifetime. Do you have one that you would be willing to share with us today? Yes. Yeah. When I was in my early 20s, um, I was a part of the Fort Wayne Junior League and we had um, the Women's Independence Project. And I think what I loved about being part of that, well, let me give a background on what that was. We were um, teaching women um, how to interview, how to write their resumes, how to really elevate themselves into the corporate world. And sometimes these women had had no experience um, or and nobody to really teach them how to how to get land their first job. Um, what I really loved about it was that it was so hands on, and I really got to um, see how I was impacting someone by teaching them things that kind of came naturally to me, and that um, I was really excited about. And then, when I think when they when they would ask me questions and let me, let me elaborate and like really kind of treated me as an expert. That's when I realized that the nonprofit world really needs people who can take what they already love to do and translate it to doing good. And I, Becky, you and I had talked about that on mm-hmm. one of our calls in the past is just like there, 
people are doing good in the world all over the place. They may not have translated it yet, but I think like that really falls into what we're talking about today. I'm working with for-profit companies on A-B testing, but there is such an opportunity to pull this into the nonprofit world. Um, and it's really giving me a chance to take something I love and talk to you all about it and um, hopefully help somebody else get started. Preach. I mean, it speaks to this whole idea that we don't want just to grow donors in our process, but we're looking for believers because you as a believer, I think of like gifting brands. It's like you're going to open up your talent and your connections to fuel that mission, which is worth more than probably any gift you could make um, just off its own. So I think what a cool story. And that's something all of us could reflect on of like how we could plug in. So, okay, as we wind down, Sam, we're going to make you not pick an A and a B. You have to pick one good thing to land on. <laughs> this is going to be a mantra. I've been waiting for a dad joke. I've been holding back on the dad <laughs> jokes. We cut them all out because only the good jokes stayed in the episode. We cut all the bad ones out. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to ask you, what's your one good thing? This could be a secret to your success, a life hack, a mantra. My one good thing is always be curious. Ooh. As long as you continue to be curious and ask questions, there will always be something for you to test. And that means there will always be wins ahead of you. Sam just threw in the growth mindset. Yeah. One good thing right there. <laughs> always be learning. Always be curious. Mm -hmm. I love yeah. that. Okay, so I know there's going to be a lot of people listening to this that are going to say, how can I get Sam to come in and look at my website and tell me how I need to optimize? So tell us how people can connect with you and where you like to hang out on socials. I love to hang out on LinkedIn. So please, please find me on LinkedIn. Connect with me and send me a message to let, let me know that you heard the podcast. I am happy to chat and help you learn about calls to action and make your website better um, and see how see how I can translate some of this great knowledge to the nonprofit world. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise. If I've learned anything from visiting with you a couple times, it's that there is such an ROI on testing. You know you're going to make money if you invest in it. And the more mm -hmm. traffic that a website gets, the more you can do with it. And so if you're someone that's just saying, I'm not sure if my website is prime for testing, Sam can come in and do a user experience audit. You can get a baseline of where the audience is telling you and what's testing. So go check it out. Go check out Sam. And thank you, my friend, for giving us the Explain It Like I'm 5 A-B testing uh, download course, because this was good. Thank you so so much for having me. This has been so fun. And I wish there were more dad jokes, to be honest. But. <laughs> the people want more dad jokes, okay. John. They've spoken. Okay, we'll slide more in. This is hugely honor. Thank you so much, Sam. Good to Thanks, see you. Thanks, Sam. Take Thank care of that baby. You. Take care. Thank you so much. Hey friends, thanks so much for being here. Did you know we create a landing page for each podcast episode with helpful links, freebies, and even shareable graphics? Be sure to check it out at the link in this episode's description. You probably hear it in our voices, but we love connecting you with the most innovative people to help you achieve more for your mission than ever before. We'd love for you to join our good community. It's free, and you can think of it as the after party to each podcast episode. You can sign up today at weareforgood.com backslash hello. One more thing, if you loved what you heard today, would you mind leaving us a podcast rating and review? It means the world to us and your support helps more people find our community. Thanks, friends. I'm our producer, Julie Comfer, and our theme song is Sunray by Remy Borsboom.
Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast. Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends. We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.